get the one, two, three. Hi, welcome to Comic Talk. I'm Joshua. And I'm Drew. And uh, in, what's the word? In, in, we're doing this for Black History Month. It's March, book one. In honor, that's it. Okay, so yeah, for our one of two Black History Month books, we're gonna talk about March. Uh, this is book one, John Lewis, Andrew Aiden, and Nate Powell. Yeah. And, and check back next week, because we're also doing, what are we doing? Black Science. Black Science yeah. for Black History Month. And um, I just found this out just now, actually, but book two is not called April. No. So if you're looking for it, it'll be March book yeah, two. Yeah, March book two. Okay. Yeah, he he tells the story of one month in his life each year in this. That's not what this is about at all. So That would be interesting. That would be. What happened in March. Just March, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. So this, the reason we're doing this, I mean, it's obvious why we're doing it, right? Because it's Black History Month and this is probably the single by far most recommended book you see when Black History Month comes up, especially, sure. and not even really just with comics. Like you hear about this a lot just in general, you know, here's a thing you should check out for Black History Month. So it seems super obvious we should talk about this one. Again, it's about John Lewis. It's written by John Lewis. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he uh, was buddy buddy with uh, Martin Luther King. Yeah, he's kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. He's a senator now. Yeah. Right? Is he still a senator? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know much about John Lewis, except for what I learned in March book one. Let's just start off like we always do with some basic impressions. How did you feel about it? Overall, I would rate it as excellent. I would too. Yeah. Yeah. The overall impression I got of it was... You do learn a little bit, but it's not really one of those teachable moment kind of books. At least it wasn't to me. Yeah, there were a couple moments, uh, and we'll probably get to it a little bit later, where I feel like it was a little bit cheese. Yeah, a little peachy. Um, but for the most part, well, it wasn't even that. It was just kind of the way in which it was told was a little bit cheesy at points. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, for the most part, it's just... You know, a story about a dude, and it's an interesting story about an interesting dude. And right. What more do you want out of a book? Right. It did remind me of Mouse, and also Blankets. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, we will be talking about Mouse coming up, and Blankets eventually. Uh, it's just such a huge tomb to make you read that, I mean, it's like this. It's huge. If you say, yeah, any, yeah. Anyhow, it uh, in that it's very autobiographical, and it's very... Uh, heavy on the narrative structure. It's everything is narrated a lot. There's, it's not your classic show don't tell kind yeah. of comic. It's it, not a Bendis uh, telling. It's it's not. Example. It's in fact most stuff when it's told in this format in comic form mm -hmm. when it's told this way with such heavy narration drives me bonkers. I usually don't like it. Um, I love it. That's like kind of the style that I'm into, if anything. Well, the thing is, it has to be done well. You can't, like an average comic, like an average superhero comic told in this format ends up being garbage because there's no, 
there's no point. There's there's no overarching reason why the story is being told, which makes it awful, right? And just off the top of my head, though, I don't know if I can think of a lot of examples of that. And well, I mean, I think I we always come back to Jeff Jones, but I think Jeff Jones tells stories like this in this narrative form, where most of the story is told, where the character is just talking to you in bubbles or right, old yeah. Mark Wade is this way, right? A, a lot of like eighties comics are told in this format sure, where okay. there's a large narrative box in every panel. I guess I just think about that a little bit differently because in that sense, it's more that, I mean, it is a narration box, but it's like the character talking to you. Um, where is this just sort of, uh, I mean, reads just like a story, like a book, right. right? You know, I mean, it just happens to be from first person perspective. Right. So, yeah, making that distinction, I would definitely agree that on one side, yeah, it's all garbage, but on the other side, that's like my jam. Right, right. And there, the thing is, though, I would put this more in the wheelhouse of people who are interested in a lot more introspective type work. Mm. And I would put it right there with a lot of work where there's very little narration and everything is told through dialogue, right? Somehow it fits in that, that same group, even though it's so contrast to that style of storytelling. It, I, don't, I don't know if, you, if I'm, if from, from the look yeah, on your face, I'm not I, sure if I'm being clear on what no, I'm trying I mean, to get at I, here. I understand what you're saying, but I mean, like just from a stylistic point, like this in my mind, the most recent analogous thing that I can think of that we did was the Kents, like the Ostrander. Yeah, agreed. Um, and really neither of those I think I would recommend to somebody who's like super, super only into like Bendis and his um, extensions of himself. I don't sure, know. sure. Yeah, well, but people. I'm even I'm even thinking of things like uh, Jason's work or um, like American Graffiti, or not Graffiti, American uh, Splendor, like very uh, indie, old school mm -hmm. type storytelling, right? Somehow it, it feels in that category, okay. even though it's very much not told from those sort of perspectives that are very, uh, with where you're very in the panel. This is very much the opposite. The panel and the artistry of it is almost like a children's book. Mm-hmm in that you can read it without the pictures, mm -hmm. but then the pictures add depth to what it's telling you. Like you don't need to even look at the panels. This sure. could be told in uh, like autobiographical form in a normal narrative structure book with no imagery whatsoever. And you'd pretty much, for the most part, be completely right. with it and never get lost. But that's like the opposite of the Bendis style, which is that you have to look at the panel right. to see like what the fuck's going right. on. So. Right. Uh, I don't know. We, we need to talk about other things. <laughs> sure. Sure. I just think that that's, um, that's the main thing I noticed is just how narrative heavy it was. Yeah, it is. And it's very much not like a classic, what I think of as classic comic book storytelling mm -hmm. form. Uh, it's very much sort of the opposite and more of uh, pulled out and a little more literary maybe. Yeah, maybe that's I what we're getting that. at. The point I mentioned earlier about it getting a little cheese ball and points really i mean it's kind of along those lines of like how the story is told there's a couple little moments like when he's talking about the librarian and she says like my dear children read read everything like it's just yeah. a little bit like come the it, fuck on it is a little corny um so there's a couple instances of things like that and then like i super dug in the beginning how like there was like the family coming in mm -hmm. and you know and he was like talking to them and you know relaying the story whatnot 
And I think that's, uh, I'm glad that it was departed from at some point because that's a very trite formula, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so to break away from it, like absolutely added depth to the story. But then like some of the transitions mm-hmm. back to the story, I thought felt a little bit weird, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. One of the weird things that I thought was really clever is exactly how you're talking about how it transitions away mm-hmm. from talking to the family that came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does it in this really loose, like dropping the narrative kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like it just kind of drops that yeah. somewhere. And you forget that that was even a thing that he was telling a story to a kid. Mm-hmm. And it's no longer he's telling the story to the kid. He's telling the story to you. Very sure. clearly, it, he, it's like he's narrating to somebody who's taking down his story, like autobiographically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it occasionally come back and he's telling the story to somebody else. You know, so it, it like brings you back. He, they mm-hmm. use this strange, uh, he uses this clever little little twist of, of like the present day narrative where all of a sudden, well, was he talking to, has, this hasn't been all talking to that kid, right? It's been like two minutes. It's yeah. you just told a story that would take like half an hour to tell, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, again, the period after that where he's like putting on a scarf and then like right. fucking like two years of history gets narrated. Right, you know? right. And then like he's like going and getting in a car or something like right. that. Right, then he's yeah. like, well, should I wear a hat? <laughs> right? right, It's like yeah. he just put a hat on. Like that's yeah. all he did in that whole time. So I think it could have been a little bit more crafty. There was a couple points, like um, there was one where the phone rang in present day and then like it flashed back to the time there, which again is like, formulaic but it's still a solid thing that mm-hmm. we know works it's mm-hmm. um accepted in the canon of literary techniques to use sure yeah a little bit more of that i don't think uh, or i think would have helped the story probably it's also clear that he's not to me it was pretty clear that he's not an experienced comic writer but on that note i did find it extremely interesting that he uh, included the Martin Luther King comic in here. I didn't mm-hmm. know that that was a mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like, uh, it's kind of like a pride thing at this point. Like, yeah, comics were out there, like, you know, fighting the good fight before, right. like any of right. this other shit. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, although he's not an experienced comic writer, I do feel like a lot of love for trying to do the form justice. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. he's got to be someone, I think he mentions a few times, if I remember correctly, that he did as a kid like comics or mm-hmm. knew of them and was interested in them. Sure. Uh, and I think it was right around that time with the Martin Luther King comic. He was talking about how they're impactful. Sure. And, mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you can tell that he has a love for the medium. Uh, I mean, why else would he have done this anyway? Right. I right. mean, it's, it's a strange choice to have made, uh, but it comes through. You can feel this isn't, this isn't a political book like the, you know, you, you throw out the book before election season, you know what I mean? Right. Kind of thing. It's clearly not that. This is, he had a story he wanted to tell, and he clearly wanted to tell it in a comic book format. Right. And yeah, it worked out great, obviously. It does work really so, well, yeah. Let's talk about some, some art and some paneling. Let's know, do it. That's mm-hmm. tied to that. So, uh, general first impressions of both? I like the art. Uh-huh. Um, I like the paneling overall. It It is clear that the paneling and art is a slave to the autobiographical narrative. Well, sure, sure. To to a heavy degree, the art very much. Like I said, it's and I'll, a lot of times it feels storybooky, mm-hmm. where you're really 
It's maybe like subservient would be the right word. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's it does add. It makes it a little easier to follow the threads that are throughout that mm-hmm. I think you would lose in just book format. Sure. And it also I think makes you know certain things more dramatic or mm-hmm. you know it just shows them in a certain way. Right. Know, which is you know a very delicate thing probably for him. So I think he probably went through a lot of artists choosing the right one for this. It could be, or maybe he was approached by an artist. I'm not, maybe who knows, Yeah, it, but it, they, they meld well together. It, mm. it, it works really well. Um, the artist does just enough with the paneling to keep it interesting. It's very clean and easy to follow, mm-hmm. which is always good for something like this because I can, I can definitely see myself lending this out to people who are not comic readers. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you don't want to take too many mm-hmm. really weird visual turns and stuff like that. Yeah, it's very classic overall. And I think that um, not using color on this was a good choice because I think it would have just come off like way more cartoony mm-hmm. if that was the case. And it would have totally messed with like the tone of the book and... Agreed. I think a lot of my the tonal things I was talking about earlier and the uh, the connections I make to some of those older like indie comic writers probably is the artistic choices. Yeah. When it comes down to it, it really ties it back in with things like on really opposite ends. Like I said, like the two things that kept coming to my mind was Jason and American Splendor, and I can't think of the the dude who writes American Splendor, but but like those those two for some reason really seemed to be heavily inspirational here for some reason in my mind while I was reading it. And as well as like blankets and moss and, and, sure. and such. Sure. So it it lends it a certain weight, I think, leaving the color out that probably, like you said, would have cartooned it up with, with the coloring and made it feel less less serious, mm-hmm. you know? There's also something kind of endearing about like the straight pencil you know, so mm-hmm. definitely. So you touched on this just a second ago, but uh, who would you recommend this to besides non-comic fans? Which, by the way, again, like an excellent choice for somebody that's not really a comic fan. Sure. Um, well, it's, I mean, two of the major ones is, is people who are into stuff that's more of a serious tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody that likes blankets or mouse will this is exactly what you're looking for. The mm-hmm. people who like that stuff, it's it's hard to find more because it's, you know, it's like saying, I love Fellini, what else should I watch? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I, I would put this up there with it, you know? Who would you not recommend it to? Let's ask that question because I think that's going to be more relevant. Yeah. Um, I guess people who just like to read superheroes and shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's, there's nothing exciting... You know, and being March, and it looks like maybe there would be some exciting riot stuff happening, and it's There's a, a tiny bit, a, but it's not really it's about that. Really, it's yeah. it's very interpersonal, mm-hmm. daily machinations of what it's you know ruminations. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, I mean, the first half of this book is just about him like growing up, and like the whole uh, civil rights thing doesn't even like become part of the story yeah until a good way into the book right and it it's still for book one even though i feel like i could stop at book one and be like man that was great uh it's really just getting started with Mm -hmm. civil rights stuff i mean it it gets to basically the sit-ins yeah the lunch counters and then that's that's it 
and I mean that's like early. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's there's not. Uh, it doesn't even begin to talk about really him as a figure at all. It barely even talks about Martin Luther King as a figure yet. Sure. Right. It was still early in Martin Luther King's short-lived uh, career, really. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it's it's mostly just about this guy and what it was like growing up as a, a black kid. So if that doesn't sound like your cup of tea, you're not going to like it because that's literally all it is. Yeah. You know? Just saw Bill Clinton endorsed it on the back. That's cool. It is cool, <laughs> I yeah. guess, you know. All right. So March, book one. Um, if you're into shit that sounds like this, you're probably going to be into this. If it sounds like you'll like it, you will like it. All right, so that pretty much wraps it up for us today. Uh, You can click here to subscribe to the channel if you liked what you saw. Otherwise, check back with us next week when we're going to talk about black science, right? Mm -hmm. So we'll have that soon. You can also click these right here to watch other videos we've already done. Thanks.